Welcome to Cecil's Unknown Achievers. This is the sixth episode, and this is a special episode for two reasons. The first is, of course, my guest, who I'll introduce in just a moment. And the second is that I've reached a point of celebration here with the podcast. Uh, When I was thinking about doing a podcast, I did a little research, came upon an article that stated that most podcasts stop producing before they make it to even their sixth episode. So this is number six. So it looks like it made it to six. So yay. Now, I'm definitely not stopping here. I'm hoping to continue to bring you many more entrepreneurs doing great things. All right. So now that I'm done patting myself on the back, on to today's guest. Today, I have the pleasure of speaking with a very young entrepreneur, At the tender age of seven, she's followed her heart for assisting those in our population who don't have a place to live. The way she's chosen to help those individuals is very creative and fitting for the time that we're all living in right now. She has created a nonprofit named Olivia Drew Cares, whose mission is to support the needs of homeless persons with shelter, food, and healthcare. I welcome to Cecil's Unknown Achievers, the Tylers, Olivia and her mother, Linda. Welcome, folks. Welcome. Thank you for having us. Hello. 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 Very nice to meet you, finally. Mm, Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much. I want you to expand a little on my introduction that I gave and tell me all about what Olivia Drew Cares is all about. Um, Olivia Drew Cares is a nonprofit organization where we're helping the homeless. We are, we are raising the money that we already have to build a hotel where homeless people can come and go as they please. We're also making mass designs every day. And the first one that we actually made is this one. First we had to order it and this is one of the designs, but the, but the original drawing is right here. Okay. So because we're on a podcast, they probably won't be able to see it, but they can also go to her website where the um, print of her mask is featured. And one day, uh, hopefully in the near future, I would love to be able to go along with you and, and video while you're, you're doing uh, your activities and handing them out. So we'll uh, hopefully be able to, to schedule a time where we can do that and show all the listeners uh, exactly what you're doing. Okay. Thank we you. would love to have you join us. So what led you to start Olivia Drew Cares? We started Olivia Drew Cares in about April, and we've been working on it ever since because we saw a video of the governor saying that we are all supposed to wear masks. Some of these masks might be too much, and some people might not even have a bit of change or money. So instead, we're just giving masks to social workers um, they're for five dollars, but if but if they're having trouble, we'll give them out for free. And um, we usually go to homeless shelters. We're giving out food. We're giving out food and water, plenty of masks at um, homeless hotels, and then um, we're working hard to build our own. Okay, so did you, Olivia? Did you come up with the design for this? 
Do you have some help doing that? Um, yes. The design is a hand within a hand. It was actually a school project of a little a family art project. We were assigned it. And uh, it was supposed to be it was supposed to be a school project, but instead we did it for Olivia Ducas. A hand within a hand within a hand said says world on each part of the fingers, and we're all in this together up above. Oh, that's not, that's nice. Are you an artist, or do you like drawing? I like drawing, but when I grow up, I want to be a lawyer who can change homeless rights and make all laws fair. Well, I'm very impressed with you, and I'm sure others are going to be impressed with you as well, and you are going to do great things. I know that. Thank you. Olivia, you're seven years old now, correct? Eight. You're eight. Well, I'm, I apologize. I, I stand corrected. You're eight years old. So she was seven when she start, initially started the project. Um, okay. She came to me and asked me, uh, can we help the homeless people with these masks? I so, turned eight in August 13th. Well, happy belated birthday to you, Olivia. Thank you. Let's talk a little bit about when you first had the idea to do Olivia Drew Cares, when you first started thinking, you know, I want to help homeless people. What did you say to your your parents at that time? At first, I said I want to make a company to help the homeless, and they thought it was a good idea. I want to help the homeless ever since I was six and five. And right now I've been trying to get shelters for the homeless, but we didn't have the money to get it. So we made our own company. I went to my parents and said, we should start our, we should make our own company. We should make our own company. But then we didn't know what to call it. So my dad, so my dad showed um, some company names. Some of them are named after the person who's owning them. So we decided to do Olivia Drew Cares. Very nice. I, I love the name. Thank you. During that time, Linda, what yeah. when she first approached you about the, the idea, what were you thinking? So Olivia, like she said, she's actually been pushing me to help the homeless since she was five. And, and that was if we would go out and she would see homeless people on the street, um, she would always ask for money so that she could give it to them. Um, and she wanted to do it. And so she would always say, what do you have in your pocket? Um, and I didn't really <laughs> carry cash on me. I don't carry a lot of cash on me. So she's like, well, whatever we could give them. And one time she even tried to give some candy or food she had. And I told her, don't do that. I said, I'll, I'll give stuff. So I have started carrying cash on me. So then when we see people, we're able to help. So that was back in when she was five. So when the pandemic hit, She's it kind of ramped up because she's been asking me all this time. And so we were sheltered in. We've been walking through the neighborhood. She would see these houses when we was walking. And what would you ask me? I was wondering if we can buy them if they were for sale to make it a homeless shelter. And then she would tell me I would she would say, no, that's too small or that's not big enough. And and then she said at one point, why don't we just let them come and stay with us? And I said, well, we can't do that, but we can do a camping fund in the backyard. <laughs> but I mean, that was one item because we went to the, the tent city as well mm -hmm. and so we, uh, to distribute some masks. 
And so I decided, I told her, I said, well, why don't we help with the, um, with the mask? And she came to me with that idea. And I said, you know, uh, we could at least buy some, we could purchase some, and then we could ask people if they would buy some. And then the, when they buy, then we are able to buy more so that we can just give them away. So she liked that idea. Um, she came up with the commercial. We talked about the commercial, kind of wrote it out. Then she kind of did her own thing. And um, her dad recorded the commercial. And we went from there. We just posted it. And it kind of took a life of its own. <laughs> well, this was uh, the, the time that we're in is, is very fitting for what you're doing and, and the, the product that you're getting out there that you're using to fundraise to accomplish your ultimate goal. So, well, the product is uh, is a direct result. You know, when the first when the pandemic first hit, people couldn't get masks. Um, people were having trouble, as Olivia just said, what paying for them. Some of them were too much, um, and just people didn't have the extra money. And so, we said whatever we could do. You know, it's hard seeing your your sisters and brothers out there struggling and, and not being able to help. Some of them were even three hundred dollars. Oh, $30. Some of the masks, those are the fancy ones that you're talking about. But, you know, our, our goal is to, we, we feel like this is why on her mask, it's a hand within a hand and it states we're all in this together because we realize if you sneeze, I could catch the cold. And so we have to work hand in hand. We have to help each other out. I don't, we, you don't have to wear the mask um, sometimes for yourself, sometimes you're just wearing it for the person across from you or next to you. And so that's what we just wanted to do. We wanted to do our little part to help. You first started out handing out the mask to, to workers, like healthcare workers. Is that correct? Well, she also, so she did that in addition to the homeless. So her initial goal and the whole reason she even, uh, developed Olivia Drew Cares was to help the homeless. But at the same time, there were certain people that weren't able to get masks. So the Salvation Army saw what she was doing for the homeless and reached out to um, her and asked her, can we come to one of their distribution? Because people were there and were having a hard time um, distributing or, or had a hard time getting masks. And so she went there and she distributed about 240 that day. Hmm. And, and so she's distributed to a couple of shelters, um, homeless shelters, the Salvation Army and a couple food pantries. And then she carries them with her so that we can distribute them when we're out and about to homeless people on the street, because we want to make sure they're getting to the people that are, you know, on the streets that are not in the shelters. Now, Olivia, are you going on certain days and handing out masks or do you just do it on a schedule? How do you do that? We just go out when someone wants a mask. We do it as soon as possible. Sometimes if their homes are far away, um, like farther out from Illinois, from Chicago, then we might send a package of your masks. But if it's like in Chicago or close to our house, then we'll easily drive to your house and bring the masks to you. Okay. And she has sent some um, masks to um, an, a Native American um, center in uh, Omaha, Nebraska, because the Native Americans were having a hard time getting masks. 
And um, I'm originally from Nebraska, so we knew about it. So she wanted to donate some masks to them. So ultimately, her, uh, her mission is to help the homeless. That's the ultimate goal. And so she, I told her, if we're going to do this and if we're going to raise money to, to build a shelter and, and to purchase masks, um, we have to set up the nonprofit. We have to get everything established because we want to be good stewards of people um, donations. Absolutely. And, and so that's why we I got I did because I'm com- I come from the nonprofit sector and I've been a fundraiser for over 25 years. So I just helped her get everything set up, showed her how to do it. And then I, I, pre- I primarily um, run it for her. She's my boss giving all my or giving me the order. She tried to give me um, some time off. <laughs> so you're the boss, time. huh, Olivia? Um, uh, There's not too many eight-year-old bosses out there, so <laughs> that's nice. Thank you. <laughs> so you're running the, the nonprofit now for eight months, about? Yes. Um, we were official in, we have, we, uh, she got her papers in June. Okay. Uh, filed everything in April. Uh, we were trying to hit that May 1st deadline when the um, the state was opening back up and Governor Pritzker said we needed to wear masks. So we wanted to make sure we had everything filed um, and then everything was completed and into us by June. So we are a 501, uh, Livia Jucares is a 501c3 registered in the state of Illinois and uh, we accept donations from all over the world and we've all over the all over the uh, US and we've received donations all from all over the US. Tell me about if you had any challenges while you were attempting to establish the nonprofits. Did you face any obstacles, any any hurdles you had to go through? Um no, uh it was just making sure that I had everything checked, you know, making sure you have your uh, board of trustees established, making sure um, you have your bylaws and your articles of incorporation. And so, um, and then I, I made sure I, I had a CPA early on because I wanted them to do their due diligence to make sure we didn't miss something. And so we didn't have, and because I come from the nonprofit sector, I knew a lot. And because I've been fundraising for years, I just knew quite a bit, but um, it was a, a little bit nerve wracking because I thought at one point that I had ha- had um, filled and filed everything. And then my CPA said, no, there was a couple more items I needed to file. And I got that taken care of and got the paperwork in for that. So it's actually gone pretty well for us thus far. W- what's difficult, you know, in terms of hurdles that you talk about is um, she gets um, quite a bit of money from the sales of the mask, and then she gets um, support from donations to help purchase uh, additional masks and mm-hmm. and to purchase other homeless other items that that we're finding that homeless people need as we're out there in the community. One of the challenges is trying to submit um, for grants, for corporate grants or foundational grants. Uh, that process is not. Uh for the faint of heart. No. And that's what I've done my whole career. So I know how to do it. The problem is she's such a new organization that we are not, um, we don't have the history 
to support the organization yet. We don't, we haven't filed a 990 because we haven't gone through a full year. Um, we, so to be able to show the finances, to be able to do all of that, which you need to do when you're trying to get a corporate grant, we can't do that yet. We have to finish out this year. So, but that's okay. Cause we're making sure everything is in place. So then when we file our taxes and come 2021, I'm able to file those grants. Well, your experience in, in this area is definitely helping you as you navigate all of this with the the new organization. Yes, it's actually helped me um, quite a bit with the organization because I and I have the time to do it. You know, um, w- at the beginning, I've been working, like I said, for years in, in um, fundraising and I work primarily in medicine. So I was fundraising for research, for physician education, um, support and sponsorships for our annual meetings and stuff like that. So I've been working with industry for so long that this this is great for me to be able to take that expertise and be able to help my daughter kind of live out her passion um, in helping people. And it's, it's, it's a passion of mine as well. We always enjoy you know, trying to support somebody. We believe that you're blessed to be a blessing. Agreed. I'm sure you have a a pursuit career-wise that you're also balancing with your work with the nonprofit. How do you balance that time? Because I know both probably require a lot of work. They do. So interestingly enough, I'll just briefly kind of tell you my story and what my daughter said to me is um, in, I have been working 12 years in GI and I, prior to that, I worked 12 years in neurology um, doing fundraising. And in February, the, comp- the medical society I was working with decided that they wanted to um, go in a different direction. And I was the top fundraiser, the, the, the top um, within the organization, but they eliminated my position which was interesting. And I thought, well, you know, I, I, I had been thinking about going in a different direction in terms of helping do fundraising in more, um, like I help patients indirectly, but I wanted to do something that was making a, an impact like right now. And sure. so um, when that happened, it gave me a chance to kind of reassess, figure out what I want to do. And um, I was, I took a little bit of time off and then I was looking for jobs and my daughter, Olivia says to me, uh, mom, I have my own company and daddy has his, why don't you just start your own? And I was just <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, well, <laughs> that's kind of interesting. <laughs> and so I said, you know what, while I'm waiting. So what happened is I had been submitting for um, jobs and, and that sort of thing. And while I was waiting for interviews and stuff, I told her I would help her get her um, um, foundation up and running uh, or her nonprofit up and running. And it just took off. So it actually took more of my time. And so other people were needing help along the way. So I've actually been consulting um, and helping even the medical community because a number of people are going through a challenging time when it comes to fundraising. They're thinking of fundraising as it used to be. And fundraising has changed and will change as a result of this pandemic. 
and people, organizations um, are not making this, uh, the shift. And so that was something that I've always done and always dealt with. So I'm trying to help um, a number of organizations navigate those waters, including some of the medical societies that have reached out to me to ask me, can I help? Um, because they don't know how to fundraise in this virtual world. So Olivia, you uh, you hear that? You you actually provided some motivation and inspiration to your mother. Mm, thank you. <laughs> yeah, she's she's one that she said you need to, and so I did. And I thought I've been raising millions of dollars, like over forty million, um, for the companies I've worked for um, collectively. And so I thought, well, if I could fundraise, I could fundraise for for her. So. That's why I knew about the grants. That's how I knew about what do I need in order to get them the programs. And that's what I try to teach uh, other uh, nonprofits who are trying to get grants and and, um, trying to get support. They have to have their program solid. They have to have um, budgets associated with them. So I'm just trying to teach them how to do that. Okay. Very interesting. So (laughs) Olivia, you you are definitely a special young lady. Thank you. But I'm, I'm sure you know that already, Linda. And when Olivia came into the world, it was a, it was a pretty eventful time for you, wasn't it? It really was. Um, I know it's a long story, but if if you care, would, would you touch on it a little bit? Yes. With Olivia, you know, it's interesting because um, mo- she was a Nick baby. So she was born early, not too early. But she was born um, early and I had placenta previa and I had I was having struggling quite a bit with fibroids prior to getting pregnant. Then I finally got pregnant and the pregnancy went really well. However, my doctor told me he said once they um, diagnosed me with uh, placenta previa, they um, placenta they told me that if something were to happen, if she breaks through, if um, because I had to schedule a C-section at that point. They said, um, you could die. They said, you're going to end up bleeding out. So they said, you need to be, and where I lived, my doctor didn't practice. So they, he mm. said, wherever you're, whatever happens, make sure you get into the vicinity where they take you to the hospital where I'm credentialed. So I always remembered what he told me and Olivia started moving around as we were getting closer to when they were going to do the C-section. And it was getting so complicated that the doctor said, look, we're going to bring you in tomorrow and do the section. So that was August 14th that they were going to bring me in. Well, I had just left on the 13th that morning. They did the ultrasound. I said, Olivia has moved. I think she's ready. She's trying to push out. And I was telling my husband that. And um, we went to the doctor that morning and that's why he said, I'm going to bring you back today. The next day, he said, go and get all of your stuff and we're going to check you in. I said, okay. But I get home, I sit down and she comes and I, and literally I started bleeding. So I got really nervous. You were at home. I was at home at that point and I was nervous because I wasn't close and my husband wasn't here. And you were by yourself? I, I was by myself and I wouldn't call the ambulance because I knew that they were going to take me to the nearest hospital, which was where my doctor wasn't credentialed. Gotcha. And I knew that I had complications, so I wouldn't call. I just called my husband. I said, you need to get back here. I said, she's pushed through and I'm bleeding. And I actually thought that I had miscarried. 
because it was so much blood. And so, and I just was relaxed. I just was trying to calm myself down, but my blood pressure was skyrocketing. And mm. my husband called the, um, the, uh, the sheriff and said, I am headed back to pick up my wife. She is bleeding out. You can follow me, but I am not going to stop. So, and they was like, well, sir, we can't, <laughs> we can't condone you speeding. He was like, I will not stop. And so the sheriff actually called the house and, um, and asked for me. And I said, I'm bleeding. And they said, they, they said, we're sending the ambulance to you. So the ambulance, the fire department all came. And by that time, Andrew had arrived. He, he actually beat the, the, um, he, he didn't beat the, am, he, he beat the ambulance, but he didn't beat the fire truck. And so when they took my pulse, I, um, my, um, pressure, it was like, they said I should have passed out. There was no way that I should have been conscious. It was just that high. And so they were trying to take me to the doctor and I refused because I said, my husband will need to take me because you guys have to take me to a different hospital. And so they actually called and got permission from their supervisors to transport me. And so they got me all prepared and, and they rushed me to the hospital. Again, my husband beat them there and they immediately took me in to have an emergency C-section. And then um, Olivia, she came out screaming and then she had some complications. <laughs> and so they had to work on her. And um, then I had complications and they said, by all, and so we're considered a medical uh, study by all accounts. One of us should have died that day. Mm. And so I, I write this story that the deliverer delivered us. Indeed. That's something else. Yeah. So she's uh, the doctors told me I should have changed Olivia's name to miracle, but I kept it at Olivia. My name. <laughs> miracle. You don't like miracle. Not a fan. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I kept it um, to Olivia because I lost my mom in 2010. And that was really difficult for me. And her name was Viola. So I rearranged her name. And that's how we came up with Olivia. She added an I. Yes, I did. Well, that's wonderful. See, that's yet another reason why I think this young lady is going to do great things. Yeah, she's, I think that she's meant to be here. She has a purpose and she's pretty determined. She knows what she wants to do in life. And, and that's good. You know, I, I would say to parents out there, people have been asking me, how did you get started and how did you do this and help her? And I said, you know, for years, like I said, she's been talking to me about this since she was five. And for years I was listening, but I wasn't listening. I was hearing her. Mm-hmm. I just wasn't listening. And when you're sheltered in, when you don't have, when you have interrupted, you know, I travel quite a bit with my job. I was, I was always on the road and um, I always made sure I was here and and present for her, but I did travel quite a bit. I'm kind of minimized my travel. I tried to lessen it when she was first born, but then it kind of started peaking back up again. And during that quarantine, I just, we was just hanging and I was just listening. I was like, you know what? I'm going to help you. I hear you. You really want to do this. So let's try it and let's do this. And she ended up getting an opportunity to be on the Today Show. And from that, she has been on so many outlets. I mean, she's been what? 
how many well you don't remember how many to the today show uh, just say 10 for now <laughs> 10 for now good morning america the cover you were on their website you were in real simple magazine um she's been on a lot of local and national and 20? She, and remember you did a commercial too so 20 yeah you've been a, maybe about a little less than 20 18 all right we'll figure it out <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening. We'll be right back after a quick break. So, Olivia, let's let's talk to you. Um, you're you're eight. Is that second grade or third grade? Third grade. Third grade. Okay. So, are you in school now? Or are you doing remote learning like a uh, lot of kids are? For now, I guess stick with remote learning. So you don't actually go to a, a building. You're you're at home on your computer. Yes. How do you like that? Mm, it's fine. The internet doesn't really work that well. I'm sure you miss being around all your other classmates, huh? Yeah. So tell me about some of the other things that you like to do. Do you have any hobbies? You play games, sports? Um, only on Wednesdays we have PE, music, and art, but the rest we don't really do. Um, so I like art and math. You like math, huh? Yep. What is what it about I, math that you like so much? Um, math, I like doing problems like division and multiplication problems. Well, that's a great skill to have. Definitely want to keep developing that. Thank you. So when you're not doing math, what's, what do you like to do? Um, when I'm not doing math, I go on this math game called Prodigy, and I just do math problems there. Okay. So when you're not doing math, you're doing math <laughs> games. <laughs> well prodigy is where like you're a wizard and you battle bad creatures there's even a wizard school to help you learn and it's super fun well that's kind of a game i guess but you're using your math skills that's that's nice you can even keep one as a pet and my two pets are called snow fluff and ice sneak Ice Sneak has the power to rain fire down, and um, Snow Fluff has the power um, to do icy things. So he can't come out when it's like hot, but he can come out when it's cold. That sounds like a neat game. So you play that with your other uh, your friends online? Um, I think I just do it by myself, but the whole class pay, plays it. Since they make up their names, I don't know who's who. So that's why I'm guessing. I see. I see. I understand. All right. You have a website. How else do you get the attention of, how do you let people know about Olivia Drew Cares? I know uh, you do a lot of interviews too, so that's one way. Usually they just go on OliviaDrewCares.com or they go on, the, or they go on Facebook, Facebook or, um, or Twitter or any other website that or any other one? Yeah. How many? She, she yeah. has all I the mean, social media. What Daddy said. Yeah, he said uh, you're on Twitter, Instagram was the only Facebook. one. Facebook. Yep. And then your your website. Mm, okay. So, and then what else? You blog. Um, usually I blogged. I only blogged one thing. It was just a little confidence to help the people. I don't think they know that I blogged it because anyone can blog on it. 
Well, not really. You're the only one that can really blog on it. No, when I went. Oh, they can comment on it. They give you comments on your blog. No, they can also actually blog. Like the website, they didn't know I was the one who was doing it, but they still let me blog on it. So you are pretty active in a variety of areas, not only social media, but you're you're doing some writing as well. Thank you. She likes it. You asked her about what does she do, you know, because some people are like, uh, is all she doing or you're making her work so hard on this? This is her project. <laughs> <don't> you know? like <laughs> this is her project. It's what she wants to do. But Olivia has an active social life. <laughs> she um, she sings in the choir at church um, because we have, you know, the churches are all shut down right now. She hasn't been able to sing like she used to, but oh, she used to do so. I still be here on Christmas Eve. That's my favorite time when we go to church. I don't know. It Aww. probably will. Uh, it, it sounds like it will. But no, Christmas we'll is going to be terrible. No, it's not. We're going to get through this, okay? We will. Yes, we will. <laughs> the, even um, if it lasts through Christmas, we'll get yes, through Yes, even if it lasts through Christmas, we'll get through this. But um, she's also a swimmer. Um, she's I haven't swim But I won't let her swim because of Corona. She hasn't. <laughs> but you, have, but you, you still are pretty advanced, though. You were almost at 11, seven, seven. That's the, that's the competitive. That's just the last love. I was over seven. She loves to swim. She loves the water. I and just don't like scuba diving. Last time I choked. Where, where were you scuba diving? You didn't so scuba, like you, you snorkel. Like was that snorkeling? Snorkeling. Man? Yeah. I choked on the snorkel because I went under the water. Oh, the I see. You didn't have yeah. the tank. You were, I see. Yeah. Okay. And um, also the last time we went there, we were in the water with stingrays. That must have been cool. <laughs> no, it was terrible. <laughs> Dad, Daddy turned out to be allergic to stingrays and people were hugging them too. <laughs> Yeah, people get in the water to to pet those things. To kiss them. It's supposed to be for good luck. Ugh. Ooh. I don't know if I'd kiss it. I, I might I might pet it, but I don't know. Daddy hugged it, but then he got allergic to it. And it squirted on him. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so aside from the ultimate goal, which I know is to uh, have a hotel or residence for homeless people to, to come and go as they please. What are, as you get to that, what are some things that Olivia Drew Cares needs right now? Mm, right now we need like, mm, let's just say $1,000 million. <laughs> <laughs> Funding. Funding. You hear that, folks? Funding. I know. We're looking at it right now. But yeah, funding. Uh, property. They can donate the property. We already to have over 1000 but we're working our way up to a million. <laughs> we're working our way up to a million. I'm trying to go. Uh, I'm trying to get to um, Infinity 800. Is that the okay. highest number? No, that's you can go higher than that. Are but. you kidding me? What's it called? What's the highest number? Well, 
We are trying to raise as much money as we can just to to have a multi-unit, a motel or something. I'm thinking once we get our hotel, we'll use some money for the hotel, but we'll use a little bit more for all the bathrooms and and the showers and all the stuff that the homeless people will need to make them feel home. And um, if there's still maybe a little bit money left, I'll use it to get stuff for me. Oh, no, not for you. Yes. I'm positive people, as they hear your story and they, whether they tune into the podcast or they find you on social media and learn more about you, that you will reach your goal. And I will definitely be there when that hotel opens. Yes, um, we will make sure that you are there. Um, we will make sure that, you know, there's a couple of people um uh, in the media that she's met along the way that says, please keep us informed. And that's what we're working on now. Uh, we do have a property. She does have a property that has been dedicated to her um, in the Chicagoland area. And we're looking to get that fixed up um, to be able to help somebody, a family that can use it. And so property donations, um, we'll use the money to help do that and be able to help the homeless. We just awesome. think that um, people are going to be running up on hard times. The hotel will allow people to come freshen up and spend the night and have some place to go and, and take them off the streets. So. I'm thinking we'll have a big opening at the hotel that says, have a nice day at Olivia Drew Cares Hotel. Well, Mel, where we will make you feel welcome. They'll have a pancake bar and also free mints at the table. And when you go them to their rooms, they'll have their own cards to slide into the lots. And and then their rooms will also the rooms will also um the rooms will also have Olivia do care things around them. And I don't know what color will have the hotel. I'm hoping brown or pink. Well, that's wonderful. I, you you are thinking about the details already. That's great. Oh yeah, she actually drew them out at one point on what I drew she wanted them on a board. Yes, yeah, so to make sure they were there and make sure that you know she wanted a, a play area for kids. There is homeless kids, but I've only seen one. Well, they need help as well. So that that is exactly right. I could listen to you talk all day, <laughs> Olivia, but I will kind of close us out here before we say goodbye though what is the the most important thing people should know about olivia drew cares Mm, um the most important thing i think that we that they should know is um the proceeds are going towards the mission that we take pride in making sure that um, we are utilizing the money to cover the mission of the organization, to cover the mission of Olivia Drew, um, uh, Olivia Drew Care's mission, um, and it's not to go towards operations. And that's one thing that we are want. There's a portion that goes towards operation, but it is really small because we want to make sure that 80% 80% or more of the funds that are raised are going back into the communities that we're serving. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, give uh, the websites and how folks can get a hold of you or donate. Of 
If you are, we welcome all donations and we thank you in advance. And for that, you can go to Olivia, O-L-I-D-I-A, Drew is spelled D-R-U, and then cares, C-A-R-E-S dot com. And um, you will also be able to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and that's it. (laughs) That's it. And it's all under Olivia Drew Cares. So that's our handle for all of the social media outlets. Uh, We try to, every time um, we are out in the field, every time we are making donations, we record it and we make sure that we put it on um, these different outlets so that people are kept abreast of what Olivia Drew Cares is doing, um, as well as to see their, their support at work. Wonderful. Well, Olivia, thank you so much for spending time with me today. I am very impressed with you, and I look forward to seeing you realize your goals with Olivia Drew Cares and whatever else you pursue, I'm sure you will have great success. Thank you. And Linda, kudos to you and and your husband, Andrew, for allowing Olivia to pursue her passion and listening to her. It's very important that we as parents listen to our kids, whatever age they are, because they're saying things of value sometimes. So we, we got to have our ears open and, and listen to them. So you're raising a, a future leader. I know that. Thank you so much. Thank you. And thank you for taking the time out of your schedule and even inviting us to be a part of your show. We appreciate it. And we're looking forward to many more opportunities with you in the future. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks for joining me on this episode of Cecil's Unknown Achievers. And my thanks to Olivia Drew Tyler and her mother, Linda, of Olivia Drew Cares. Please be sure to visit their website and give some support to this worthy cause. Until next time, I am Cecil Archbold Jr. with Cecil's Unknown Achievers.